Hey sis, welcome to She Is Purpose, the podcast with me, Mali Matole. She Is Purpose is a community of women on a journey to discovering and discerning their God-given purpose and identity. Here we biblically equip, empower, and encourage the modern-day Esthers of this generation who were brought to their specific positions for such a time as this. Please join us in becoming part of the Purpose family by subscribing to the blog at sheispurpose.com and by following us on our various social media platforms. We love hearing from you. Now let's get into this week's episode and learn, grow, and become together. Welcome to another one. What a month. What a month June was. Um, I want to say it feels good to be back because I feel a little bit rusty. But um, yeah, what a month. What a month June was. And I was going to come on here and explain what's been happening and almost complain. But I've decided, you know what, we're here now. And we're going to look forward and not backwards. And we're going to focus on just what lies ahead. So today I want us to speak about purpose and progress, right? What's your measure of success or progress? And I think this is a good conversation to have halfway through the year when a lot of us might be struggling with feelings of failure and comparison because the numbers just aren't looking the way that we had planned or anticipated. I mean, we all start off the year and your goals and plans and this is what you're going to achieve and you want to be ticking them off and you think that halfway into the year you'd be so much further in achieving these goals and um, kind of, you know, ticking off the things that are on this agenda of things that you want to achieve and the way in which you want to achieve them. And it's a little bit painful and it's a little bit discouraging when you look back and you do that that mid-year review and you realise that you're not as far as you thought that you would be. You're not as far as you wanted to be. And so I just wanted us to have a, a chat about this, right? What's your metric of success or progress? Um, and I say this because I know the feeling. I have started some things over the last what, two years and they haven't looked like my definition of success or even the vision that the Lord showed me, you know, when I started them and I took the leap of faith in starting them because this is what this was supposed to look like. This is how this is going to turn out. And it's not it's not looking like what he said he would look it would look like. So I've been tempted to quit. I've been tempted to just let it go. Um, this is a time when you start wondering, maybe I didn't hear God correctly. Maybe this is not my area. This is not where I'm supposed to be operating. Uh, but they're doing the exact same thing and they started off to me, why are they doing so well? This is the time when all those thoughts just begin to start racing into your mind. And that's why I think now is a perfect time to just revisit what our measure of success and progress is, right? And I want us to start looking in the book of 1 Samuel 15. And so the background story here is that Samuel was told to go in 
to this place and destroy everything, right? This was after he was appointed king, after the Israelites said that they wanted a king. And God said, okay, gave him a king in Saul. And Saul was given strict instructions. Go into this place uh, during this war and leave nothing living and take nothing from that place and he goes in and he kills everyone but he doesn't listen to the whole instruction how many of us have done that where you take the part of the instruction that you like the part of the instruction that fits your vision and you run with it and you leave the rest of it but anyway he does this and what he does is he takes some of the gold um, and some of the cattle and he brings it back and in his mind he's like he he's come back with some loot you know like almost like a a sign of his victory and he does not get the response that he anticipated because he didn't follow the instructions to a t and this is what the prophet samuel says to him he says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Let's read that again. First Samuel 15 verse 22. I'm reading the NIV. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. And from this particular scripture, I think immediately we can tell that God's metric of success and victory and progress is not the same as what we see and what we hear in the world that we live in. From this scripture, we can tell that God cares more about obedience than victory. He cares more about obedience than victory. He cares more about obedience than positions and possessions. I want us to revisit, you know, a story that you know is my favorite, the story of Abraham. And we are in chapter 22 once again. And this time we're going to start reading it from verse 12, where the angel of the Lord says, Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Verse 13. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering and instead, sorry, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, 
On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, it will sure, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. This is Genesis 22 from verse 12 until verse 18. And I think it re-emphasizes what we've just said about God caring more about obedience than possession. Abraham and his descendants were blessed and they multiplied and they were fruitful because he obeyed. Let's read Matthew 7, 21 to 23. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive our demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say, to them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Let's go back to 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The reality is that we live in a world where we are inundated with the systems and standards of this world. And it's so easy to forget that as kingdom citizens, we function and operate according to a different system. And that's why it's so easy to look at the numbers and get discouraged to look at the numbers and get frustrated, to look at the numbers and feel like quitting. Because the metrics are not the same. Let's go to Matthew 25, verse 21. It says, well, actually, you know what? Let's start the story at the beginning. Let's start at verse 14. This is the parable of the bags of gold. And it starts like this in verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, 
and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. 21. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 22. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. I find this interesting. In verse 25, where he says, So I was afraid, and therefore I went out and hid your gold in the ground. How many times do we withhold certain things and not act on certain visions because we're afraid? What if I fail? What if it doesn't turn out well? What if they don't receive this as well as I think? That's just a sidebar. But our focus here was on verse 21. And I mean, this line is repeated quite a few times, but we'll just focus on when it said the first time, which is in verse 21, where it says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the thing that I want us to focus on here is the fact that the servant was considered faithful and that is why he was considered successful. Today's conversation might seem like a little bit of a contradiction to the episode that I released last week. I mean, just last week, I was basically challenging you to do a bit of introspective work, look inwards, and ask yourself what role you've played or how you've contributed to certain things not happening at a certain rate. Um, because God is responding to your not moving in preparation and you are frustrated by his not moving but he's actually not moving because you're not moving and preparing and becoming equipped to being able to handle what you're asking him for and you know that that episode might when compared to this one seem like but just last week you were saying we should go 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 and keep going and push and absolutely absolutely do that but do that in context do that according to the correct standard according to the correct system according to, to the correct metric according to the correct metric 
So the question is, have you been faithful or are you being faithful with what the Lord has placed in your hands? Abraham was faithful with Isaac. The servants were faithful with their gold. What about you? Stop trying to impress God. God is not looking for your impressing. He's looking for your faithfulness. When we look at Matthew 9, verse 37, the Bible tells us that Jesus said to the disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I've been feeling this burden. Like there's a lot of us that are not doing enough to advance the kingdom of God by sharing him with others. And the reality is that there's so much work to be done. But there aren't enough workers to do the work that needs to be done. There are a lot of souls to be saved. But there aren't a lot of workers to do the saving by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel that saves And so from all the scriptures that we've read and from everything that we've said today, my conclusion is that if you are doing what God tells you to do and you're multiplying the seed, which is the gospel, through the vehicle of your gifts and talents, then you are considered successful according to God and his word. And that's why I said earlier, don't let this world discourage you and convince you that you aren't doing enough because the, because the world is not your master. Because the world is not your master. Jesus is. So stop trying to impress God and just be faithful. In the book of Zechariah 4, verse 10, it says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God doesn't care about the numbers. In fact, God doesn't see a problem with the small. God just wants to see the work begin. God just wants to see us being faithful in doing the work. I want to ask these questions again because they're really getting to me and I don't want to be convicted alone. Share. <laughs> Have you been or are you being faithful with what the Lord has placed in your hands? 
Abraham was faithful with Isaac. And that's why he was considered successful. The two servants were faithful with their gold. Or with the gold that they were entrusted with. What about you? So what now? It's challenge time. What now? How do we practically bounce back? We're halfway through the year. Discouragement has hit. We're feeling like we failed. We're feeling like we haven't done enough. How do we practically bounce back from that place? How do we practically reset, if you can call it that? I'm going to share three points. And then I'll be out of here. Number one, go back to the drawing board and ask the master. He knows how to reset and readjust your perspective, your priorities, and your goals accordingly. If you ask him, he'll know what to do. And then you'll know what to do. Because he knows what to do. And he'll help you do what you're supposed to do. Number two, don't fight the kingdom system. Be okay with being off the grid or not getting the accolades and not seeing the numbers. Be encouraged by the fact that God doesn't care about the numbers. So what does you fixating over them and being sick and discouraged over them do for you if it does nothing for God. Be okay with operating within the kingdom system because you're a kingdom citizen. And the last one, number three, pray daily for guidance. We cannot do this alone. The Bible tells us that without him, without being as the branches attached to the vine, we can produce nothing. We are fruitless. We are ineffective without him. And I think we underestimate just how much we need God daily. And so this might be the simplest thing, but it's the most powerful thing. Praying daily for guidance on what to do that day, where to focus your energy and attention that day, where you are needed to serve using your gifts and talents that day, where you are needed to share the gospel that day. And it's these little successes in the everyday that look mundane that look and feel small, that look and feel like they don't matter, that when they come together, form an accumulation of successes and an accumulation of progress. And that's what really matters. That's what really matters. Until next time.